Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast, a podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore, and on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts Rick and Patrick for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 26 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Patrick. And I am your other host, Rick. And we're happy to be back in your ear canals today. Yes. Tonight. Back whatever time of the day it is. Well, this releases at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, so it's, pretty much, it's very likely it's in the morning. So good it's morning. True. Good morning. Good morning. Hope that you're enjoying whatever it is you're doing today. So, i got to ask you a question. Okay. Do you ever listen to podcasts on, like, double speed? Um, have we not discussed this already? I feel like we have. I don't know. I've tried to do it, and there's... I, I just... It doesn't affect me, like... Like, I get the idea of being able to listen to them... Listen to more in a shorter mm-hmm. amount of time. I understand that premise. Um, but it's not something that I've ever been like... Oh, I've got to listen to it twice as fast so I can listen to twice as many. That's not <laughs> That's not anything that's that's not like part of my thought process. But. Well, I'll say this. I so I discovered the other day that you can put it on half speed. Yes, and, I didn't know that. So And there's one specific podcast that I listen to in the mornings. Uh it's the first thing it comes up every weekday morning. Um and I put it on half speed the other day. And when I put it on half speed, the host sounded like he had had about 17 too many beers. That's <laughs> it was amazing. Really, it was really funny. <laughs> so, uh, Beers and Bible podcast audience, take this moment to slow us down to half speed. <laughs> what? And now, that, and now that, speed. that sounded even cooler in half speed. I'm sure it did. So, But um, now I'll revert back to at least regular speed. Um so tonight, we're going to talk about Resurrection and Ascension. Up from the grave he rose. Do you remember that hymn? I do remember that hymn, because I was raised in an SBC church. That SBC churches, if it was Easter, you were singing Up from the Grave. Yes, Guaranteed. you were. For, up until, like, the last two years, probably. Yeah. I say, now you're singing Christ, once Matt Marr wrote Christ is Risen, now you're singing Christ is Risen. Yeah. And then Phil Wickham wrote Living Hope. Living Hope. And Living Hope is a... If that's not an Easter song, I don't know what is. That's basically your SBC set list for Easter. And yes. Easter is coming up in a couple of months, so any SBC people listening to this, there you go. We just made your set list for you. Also, up from the grave, living hope, and Christ is risen. Also, kudos to you to listening to a beer podcast. <laughs> USBC folks. USBC. You. Know you're going against the grain here. You heathens. <laughs> How dare you. So, but tonight, so we're going to talk about resurrection and ascension. Um, more but before, yeah, before we do we, that, what are we doing to, before we do that? We have the same beer tonight. Yeah, how do we manage that? Very carefully and a lot of planning. I know that the people who listen to this think that we don't plan anything, and they're right. But we actually did a smidgen of planning this week. Mm-hmm. And we managed to somehow come across the same beer. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a brewery that we've done before. This is Duclaw Brewery. And this one is called Dirty Little Freak. Yes. So, their na- the names for these for the Duclaw beers have been great so far. The first one was, that we did was Sweet Baby Jesus. Sweet Baby Jesus. That was a, that was a good beer. Um, I think that was in the four range for both of us. Yeah. That one reminded me of Talladega Nights. Yeah. Sweet <laughs> six eight pound eight ounce, Lord <laughs> baby, baby Jesus. Yes. So, but tonight we've got a dirty little freak from Duclaw Brewing. Um, it is a coconut caramel chocolate brown ale. That's a lot of flavor going on <laughs> in, oh. in all at once. So when I saw this, I was like, 
dude, that looks, that's either going to be really, really good or really, really bad. But I like coconuts, I like chocolate, and I like caramel. Mm -hmm. All I can think is this is going to taste like a candy bar. I'm kind of hoping it tastes a little bit like an Almond Joy. That's Well, that was what I thought, was I thought Almond Joy, but Almond Joys have pecans in them. No, they have almonds. Mounds have... All, mounds have no nuts at all. It's just dark almond chocolate. Joy. Oh, that's right. They have, they have almonds in them. Hey, what nut does an almond joy have in it there, Rick? <laughs> an almond. Not pecans. Not pecans. <laughs> wow. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. So, anyway, <laughs> I'm good at theology. I am bad at candy bars. <laughs> that's not true. I've seen you with a candy bar. <laughs> True story. True oh, story. so dirty little freak. Um, so ABV of five point eight percent. Thirty IBUs. I don't know what Plato is. What is that? I've never heard of Plato. It's. Well, got, I mean, I've heard of the Greek philosopher Plato. Yeah, it, this has got to do with the alcohol thing. It's got fourteen of them. Okay. Well, that was like a couple of weeks ago. I had that one that was like SRV or something weird on it. Yeah, Plato. Beer scale. I'm I'm doing some Google. You're going to look it up. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I am glad about the 30 IBUs. I know that's kind of on the on the edge. It's right where you want it to be. But it, yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited. Oh, about so it. it's it's a gravity scale. Oh, okay. Density of beer wort in terms of percentage of extract by weight. Whatever that means. Yep. So. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's 14 degrees Plato. If, I, if I'm reading that right. Duclaw Brewing, if you're listening to this, um, thanks. And also, can you clear that up for us? Because we <laughs> really don't want to be spewing lies. But we hope that's right. Yeah, we so. hope we're representing you well, Duclaw Brewing. Yeah, so um, there's not really a whole lot of information on this one, except for what we've already talked about. So mm. um, the bottle's real simple. Yeah, it's just like the other one was. The Sweet Baby Jesus was really simple, too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just real simple. And Duclaw's in Balmary Land. It says it's an ale brewed with vanilla beans. Oh, that's fine. All right, so, are we we ready to do this? Let's crack these things open so we can see how good they are. Okay, Ready? One, two, three. Oh, mine didn't really pop that good. Oh, mine didn't. Either the initial whiff I got of that thing that was pretty good. That is, if that's, that is coconut. Oh yeah, that's coconut for sure. Let's see how dark it is. Well, I'm going to put it through my, uh, my handy dandy. Your fancy little draft system? Yeah. I don't have a fancy little draft system because I'm not cool. You need to get with it. I do need to get with it, Tom's. All right, so here we go. Um, I might have to stand up. Hang on. Uh-oh. So, while he's drafting his, this thing looks nice and dark like a porter or a stout would be. And it smells real good. It's got a really good smell. I'm I'm starting to think I'm probably going to like this one. So, it's got a very sweet smell. Yes. You can definitely get the coconut. Yeah, there's there's coconut and caramel for sure. In mm-hmm. just in smelling. It's it's a very dark beer. Like just color wise, it's very dark. But Which don't they don't they call it a a porter? Did they call it a porter? A, they said it's a brown ale. Brown ale, okay. Yeah. First so, brewed in twenty fourteen. Yeah. American brown. There we go. All right, let me. I gotta get mine. Get mine into the cup here. I still got a little bit hanging out. There we go. All, All right. right. All right. So, Duclaw, dirty little freak. We're gonna Let's turn it up. Down the hatch and see what happens. Let's go. Dude, I think it does taste like a candy bar. That initial flavor was like, like if Almond Joy didn't have the almonds. It's like a Mounds. No, but Mounds is dark chocolate. <laughs> is it? Yes. 
I don't like almond joys or melons, so. <laughs> I'm a weirdo. But you like coconut. I do like coconut. But I don't like dark chocolate, and I, I'm well, typically well, not well, like almonds. Oh, well, almond joys, milk chocolate, and... Okay, never mind. So, <laughs> I like this. We're going to end up reviewing Almond Joys at some point. <laughs> One Luther from Rick on the Almond Joy. <laughs> that would be amazing. I really like this. Yes. This is, this is, so, this is another one of those beers that has the description on the bottle matches the taste of the mm-hmm. beer. Like, when I read that this was a coconut chocolate caramel beer, I was like, oh man, this is going to taste like a candy bar to me. That's what it's going to taste like. And it does. It tastes like a candy bar. Yeah. I don't know that I would drink this while I was eating, like, dinner because I feel like I'm eating dessert. This while- is like a dessert <laughs> drink. Yeah. Like, that's how sweet it is to me. Um yeah. But if I'm sitting out back on my porch with a pipe or a cigar... I was about to say, this would be a good pipe beer. <laughs> this one, especially if you have like a good cherry tobacco. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a good would, sweet tobacco yeah, would be really nice with this. So, um, yeah. Rick, what are you going to give Dirty Little Freak on our Luther scale of 1 to 5? So on 1 to 5 Luthers, because I like... When beer's description match the flavor and the taste. I'm going to come in at four and a half Luthers. Okay. Four and a half Luthers on this one. Because I feel like this is this one is good. It's, it's not quite a five as far as just the overall taste of the beer. Okay. It's not, it's not, I'm not 100% on board with the taste of the beer. Mm-hmm. But it is exactly what I was expecting it to be. Does that make sense? So you're giving it a four and a half based on the how well it matches its description. Not necess- and, not necessarily and that it is good. It's a good beer, but you're yes. but you're elevating your rating a little yeah. bit because it matches its description so well. Yes. Yes. Because it's I mean that's that's what that is what I expected to to taste right there. Okay. Is is a something that takes like I mean like, I think back to the, the only thing that I've ever given five Luthers, which was the no crust. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they basically said it was a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And yep. then it smelled like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. It tasted like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then I had to give it five because I love peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was like the, the trifecta for me. But yep. this one this one is close. It's it's good. It's got rich flavor. Um, the texture is, is good. Um it's it's for me. It's just not. It's not a five for me. Okay, on the, on the flavor. Okay. Well, you said it was close to a five. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how close it is. It to is me, it is a five. <laughs> um, I, I and it, I'm kind of surprised that I like this one so much because it is such a sweeter beer. I'm a. Mm-hmm. I typically like a a bitter an IPA. Yeah. Um, that's where I fall. But I really enjoy the flavors together in this beer yeah um its texture is is really really smooth it's like if i close my eyes i could be drinking a chocolate milkshake yeah yeah you i mean you really could and like and, now i'm contemplating what that would be like <laughs> like dude, some what vanilla, ice, like vanilla, vanilla ice cream, ice cream. yes yeah. dude you could to... make a dirty little freak float a dirty little float <laughs> A dirty little float. <laughs> but um, I agree this isn't going to be a dinner beer. This is going to be a, a after dinner kind of hanging out, talking, mm-hmm. or out on the porch, smoking a pipe or cigar. Because that's what sinners do. Yes, it is. Um, but I, I think it, it nails the flavor profile that it describes itself to be. Um, it's really easy to go down. Duclaw is a great brewery. Yeah, the, I, if I'm remembering right, we really like the Sweet Baby Jesus, too. I'm trying yeah. to pull up our, our past ratings to see what we gave Sweet Baby Jesus. I'm fairly certain we each gave it four. Let's see here. There it is. Uh, no, we both gave it four and a half. Okay, so Duclaw hasn't fallen. That has lower than four and a half. Four That's and impressive. Four ratings. That's really, really good. <laughs> um, But, 
Yeah, Duclaw. You're nailing it. We need to find more uh, beer from them, apparently. Yes, we do. Well, there. So, so when I was at the store, I saw the sweet baby Java or whatever the other one is. Yeah. So I, I am tempted to go back and get that one, and you may hear that one on the podcast. Yeah. That, I mean, in coming days. That would. That one's. Man, I'm I'm blown away at how good this one is. Yeah, this is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Like this is this is really good, and and like so. I think of this one like I would think of the Dragon's Milk from episode two. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really good, and I like it, and I will probably go buy this again, but it's just not quite to five for me. You know, it's, I feel like I feel like it's just not 100% my taste. Yeah. So that's why I can't give it a five. I will be adding this one to my list of beers to buy <laughs> more, regular, regular more regularly, yes. <laughs> So have I told have I have I talked about on the podcast how in the last few weeks I was out at dinner or something and just got a Budweiser just for old time's sake mm-hmm. and you forgot how bad Budweiser was. Well, it's not that I forgot how bad it was; I didn't realize how bad it was <laughs> before we started this. And it's been months since I had a Budweiser, and then I had it, and I was like, "This is like sour lemonade." No wonder they call this beep water. <laughs> You could have just added the beep in after the fact. <laughs> I could have. That would have been. But that would have been too much work. <laughs> that would have been a lot of work. So, but, but yeah, I mean, I think so far we're this is episode twenty six. So we've had, we've each had twenty six different beers that we've never had before. Um, a couple of the Oktoberfest, maybe notwithstanding, but yeah. Um, same Adams I had definitely had, mm-hmm. but the rest of those I had not. Yeah, but I mean, what this is just doing for me personally, and you know, just to, just to talk about it a little bit, is just opening my my expectations of beer in general, and like not settling for just whatever's comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like part of me is almost like part of me enjoys the hunt of finding a new beer. That I've never had before, that I think I'll like. And then if I like it, I'll tell someone else about it. And if I don't like it, I'll never buy it again. Yeah. And it's, uh, I'll tell you, the the, almost the the best part about it is like looking at the cans Mm -hmm. and trying to decide are the bottles and saying, is that going to be good based off the bottle or the can? Yeah. What does does my past experience about bottling tell me about if that beer will be good or not? Did I tell you? That the I used the Tropicalia for that I had two weeks ago. I used it in a marinade for a pork loin. I think you did tell me that, and you said it was amazing. It came out so good. That's I'm I'm gonna have to try this beer marinade situation. Yeah, you've got to do it right. You've got to make sure you mix it with stuff. You've got to you know, you might have to cook it down to get it a little thicker so it. Mm-hmm adheres to the meat a little bit but yeah i'm still gonna try it yeah do it it's it's a fun experiment for sure but all right so anyway dewclaw dirty little freak four and a half out of five luthers from rick and five out of five from patrick that's pretty good stuff right there. i mean that's (laughs) probably the second highest rating we've had Yes. So if, if we were if we were doing a here's what you know all the breweries and, and count the ones that we've done two two of. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody has gotten double fours, and at least uh, and for sure nobody has ever gotten four and a half and then a five. And Duclaw is the lowest score they've gotten is four and a half. So yeah. We need to we need to create a chart and post it. We do. I, I mean, I have a chart. Is it on? The, keep... Is it on the drive? Yeah, it's on the drive. Okay, I'll look I at have it. A chart. I'll look at it and see what I can do. So anyway, Duclaw, well done. Good job. Good job. Nailed it out of the park. Yeah, you did. So now we're going to move on to concise theology, and we're going to talk about the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ right now.
Welcome back. We are going to continue on in Packers Concise Theology. I'll say, I'll have to say, man, this has been a lot of fun. It has like, been fun. I'm ready, like, not that I'm, like, ready to be done with this, but I think I'm just ready for something different. Um, yeah. Not that we're anywhere close. We're about halfway through the book. Which is, we're 26 episodes in, so, I mean, I was thinking it would take us about a year if we, I mean, if we took it really topic by topic and yeah, and had some good discussion about it. Um, just a bit, I mean, the best part's the discussion. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah, we're, we're about the, we're about halfway through the whole book, but at some point we will actually pick up the pace. I think like parts three and four, we'll, we'll pick up the pace a little bit. So we may finish in less than a year. Well, I mean, if we don't, we don't. If we do, we do. If he dies, he dies. What's weird is that I was having that same thought, but I did not say it. <laughs> I'll uh, say it. I don't mind. I don't mind. So we're going to talk about the resurrection tonight, and we're going to talk about the ascension tonight. And these two really go together as a really a culmination of Jesus's uh, work and ministry on earth. And and there are some other aspects to to the resurrection and to the ascension that, that a lot of times get overlooked um, as as like background information, but are, but are really kind of key to to what the resurrection actually is and what it means for Christian theology. Yeah. Um. And one of the things that that uh, I really liked about and I'm I'm like I'm gonna skip back to the end and then come back. Um. But but Packer says this um, as, in regards to the resurrection. He says, Christianity rests on the certainty of Jesus' resurrection as a space-time occurrence in history. Mm-hmm. And, and so, really, I mean, what he's saying there, what Packer is saying there, is what all Christians should believe. If you do not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into a resurrected physical body, then you are not a Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's. I'm trying to think of how to word it. If you don't believe in the resurrection, then nothing else that Jesus did matters. Exactly. I mean, it's. I mean, it is the it's the finishing mm-hmm. of of all of his work. It's the culmination of all of his work. Yeah, and and that's why, like, you have the Apostles' Creed. We believe. That Jesus died, was buried, and three days later rose again. Mm-hmm. You know, and, yeah. and, it, and it says it that way specifically because you have to believe. And 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 I once heard, um, I've heard some theologians say that you can you can believe more than what's in the Apostles' Creed and be a Christian, but you can't believe anything less than what's yeah. in the Apostles' Creed mm-hmm. and be a Christian. You yeah. like this is the this is the bare bones essentials. You know. We can have a debate about baptism and about um, ecclesiology and church, the way churches should be run. We can we can debate all of those topics, yeah. but the foundational things uh, that that are core to Christianity that separate Christianity from cults, that separate Christianity from um, other religions, that really make Christianity an exclusive uh, religion, is this this claim that. The, the the Messiah for our religion uh, died, literally died, and was literally risen from the grave. Mm-hmm. He he conquered death. Yeah. Um. And so so I really appreciated that Packer Packer brought that. And and so we'll go we'll go back to the beginning. Uh, uh, what's the verse that Packer gives us for for resurrection? Yeah. So uh, Packer uses Luke chapter twenty four verses one through three. Um, and I'm going to read from the NIV just because that's what I have pulled up, unless you have an opposition to that. No, it's fine. It's nearly inspired. Okay. <laughs> um, so on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. Um, he was gone. He was uh, not there. So the resurrection, Jesus Christ is raised from the dead. Um in Packer says that Jesus' resurrection involved all three persons of the Godhead, which is something that I had not really thought of before, mainly because, like, I wasn't sure, like, up until we started this, I wasn't completely aware of how, like, 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit all interacted or intertwined and how they all mm-hmm. work together, but also independently, but also all in, in step with each other. Um, the mystery of the Godhead. Yeah, the mystery of the Godhead. It is a mystery. So, um, but, you know, the the resurrection of Jesus wasn't just like the resuscitation of his physical body. Yes. But it was, um, Packer says it was a transformation of his humanity that enabled him to appear, to vanish, and move unseen from one location to another. Which yes. is kind of freaky. So he had a physical body that didn't act as, like, like, a phys- like our physical bodies. Yes. So, so this hits on really what, what Paul hits on in some of the gospel or in not the gospels, um, in like Corinthians mm-hmm. and stuff like that, where, where he talks about the resurrection and this, and this is why a lot of, of Christian denominations believe that, that you shouldn't be cremated. Um, because they would say you, you know, you need to have at least your bones, your bones will never rot. Your flesh may rot away, but your bones will never rot. And so, at the resurrection, God will restore your physical body. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know this, I'm not here to open a debate about you know cremation versus burial. Um, I believe it's a conscience issue, and 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 I believe that God brought Adam from dust, and He can bring you back from dust. Okay, you know that would be. Could you imagine, like, your grandfather on the mantle, like flying out of the flying out of the jar? That would be freaky. <laughs> like, that'd be that would be more freaky than dead bones rising from the graves. Like, Probably true. <laughs> but that's but that's the reason that that Christians earlier in 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 the past couple of centuries have really held to the belief that you know you need to be buried. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not cremated because, you know, because, and, and for those, you know, for like missionaries and stuff that get burned alive and, and all that, that God will restore them because of their faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, so, so when we talk about the resurrection, we are talking about the physical bodily resurrection into a physical person. He was not a ghost. He was not a, an, an image. Um, he was not. This this just singular like divinity like his divinity didn't fully take over. He was still one hundred percent Jesus in the flesh, but he had a fully glorified body. So when we talk about glorification, mm-hmm. this is this is kind of what we're talking about. Okay. Um, and at the end of of everything, when when salvation is a hundred percent complete after the after the great judgment and all of that and the new heavens and the new earth. We will have glorified bodies mm-hmm. that will be exactly like Jesus's. Yeah. So we'll be able to do the whole like vanishing and, you know, because we will be in a, we will be back to a pre-sin state that, that is a sinless, perfect flesh. And, and we will have all of the power that Jesus has, um, at that, at that time. Okay. So question. Okay. Um, so if Jesus's resurrected body is his glorified body, mm-hmm. is it the same body that he had before his death? Yes. So same, same flesh because people recognize him and then you got Thomas. So after he's raised from the dead, you got Thomas and Thomas doesn't believe it's him, mm-hmm. but he says, come over here and touch my wounds. Mm-hmm. So he recognized Jesus, but he just didn't believe that it was the same Jesus. But he tells Thomas to come over and touch his wounds. Mm. So that he would know that, number one, he's real. And that, number two, it's the same Jesus. This wasn't a bait and switch. This wasn't a, you know, a stunt double. This was none of that. I guess my question is, does he look like Jesus? I, I mean, I would say he has to because people recognized him. You know, if if I came back and I looked like Fabio, people would be like, "That's Fabio, not not Rick." Yeah, no, <laughs> I, it's just, you know, and it's something we won't we won't know until we get there. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Now, will there be some differences? Ah, eh, that's entirely possible. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there, 
I, I would personally, you know, if, if, if I'm getting a glorified body, I'd like to upgrade and, you know, do away with my midsection a little bit, maybe throw some six or six pack of, not beer, but six packs of abs in there. And I mean, if, if I'm getting to pick, yeah, it's like the Wii where you can go in and make your person look like what you want to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be amazing. Yeah. But, so. but I mean, our, our glorified bodies will resemble our, you know, our, our bodies here on earth. Mm-hmm. But, and, and the argument there is we're commanded to take care of our bodies yeah. for that reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we're commanded to not, not let ourselves just gorge and, and become obesely overweight because we don't control ourselves. Right. Um, and because we're, we're to steward all of the things that God has given us, including our bodies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, so you have this, this resurrection. It's a real bodily resurrection. It's a foundational truth for Christianity and, and really and truly to go back to it, Christianity rests on this. And that's why, um, one of the, one of the biggest chapters on, on all of this is first Corinthians 15 mm-hmm. and, and it, at the beginning of first Corinthians 15, he talks about how Christ, uh, died and was buried according to the scriptures. He raised again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And he, he uses this, this line of according to the scriptures all the way throughout, um, first Corinthians 15. But then we get to the, the end of chapter 15 and this is first Corinthians 15, 50 through 54, and Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed. And that's that's kind of the key there, is, is we're changed from this sinful flesh mm. to this new glorified flesh. Okay. Yep. Okay, it's still a flesh, but it's not the same flesh. It's a different flesh. It's a glorified flesh. We shall be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised imperishable, mm-hmm. and we shall all be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable, and this mortal body must put on immortality. And so, what we what we get at the at the at the point of our glorification, at the at the point of of the second coming, not really the second coming, but but when we when we're in the presence of God and and we're going to this final new heavens and new earth end of revelation uh, stuff, this is really what Paul is talking about. Is he, is he saying when the new heavens and new earth, we're, there's going to be a real new heavens and a new earth, mm-hmm. and in this real new heavens and new earth that is unstained by sin, there's not going to be flesh like we understand it, but there's going to be new flesh as well. Mm-hmm. And that's what this glorified flesh, and that's what Paul's talking about in first, at the end of 1 Corinthians 15, hmm. is this, this new glorified flesh. And that's why, we, that's why we say that this idea of Jesus' resurrection, Jesus is uh, the first fruits of the resurrection, and then we come in later, and, and that's why this is an essential core unquestionable tenet of Christianity. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's as important to the doctrine and beliefs of, of, of Christianity as the virgin birth and as the death of Jesus on the cross. Yes. Like, they're, they're all equally important. If you don't have one, the others don't matter. Exactly. So, yep. <clears throat> And, and uh, you know, what does the res- resurrection signify to us as believers? Well, it signifies that Jesus has the power over death. Mm-hmm. Jesus is the one who has that power, brings that power, and gives that power to us. Mm-hmm. We have that power through Christ. This is who we have that power. So yeah. that's why we, you know, one of, one of the, the rallying cries of the Reformation, you have Sola gratia, which is by grace alone. Sola fide, which is by faith alone. Um, and then you have solus Christus, which is through Christ alone. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you have these things. You have grace. You have faith. Um, all of that is through Christ alone. And that's where, that's how we 
have access to this glorified state or this glorified body. Does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe. I'm following. Um, but the last thing, and, and Packer hits on this, the last thing that, that the resurrection does is it gives us now, and, the, and, and this is what we talk about, the, the already not yet tension of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So because of the resurrection, we can have our justification. We can have our justification by faith alone. We are legally declared righteous before God. Right. But we're not fully justified until the end. So we are fully justified and also not fully justified at the same time. And it's this it's this we are and are not, this already not yet tension yeah. that you find so many times in the gospel. Um but it but it's it's a blessing to believers because it says, you know, this resurrection guarantees for those who are in Christ the forgiveness and the justification promised through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. So, so, um, moving from the resurrection, let's talk about the ascension. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. The ascension is really just kind of one act. It's Jesus going up into the heavens. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like a big deal. What's the point? Why why should we make a big deal about this? What's the verse that Packer gives us for the ascension? Um, so Luke twenty four fifty one says that while he Jesus was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Um now I'll just finish out the chapter. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they stayed continually at the temple praising God. Yes. So it's just uh Jesus is talking to um, his disciples and the people there, and while he's talking to them, he leaves them and is taken into heaven. He gives them deuces. I don't think that was it, but (laughs) I don't think he was throwing deuces as he left. Okay, then Jesus is the original Space Force. Okay. I can, I can get behind that actually. <laughs> so so I you know we talk about how father son and holy spirit are one and the same and how they're acting independently but all together and mm-hmm. all following the will of the will of God cuz they are all God. <laughs> I I'm trying to word it right without being a heretic. That's what I'm trying to do. Don't be a heretic. So be heretic. So, so, so Jesus's ascension is his father's act of withdrawing him from his disciples, mm-hmm. and his you know he they withdraw him upward, which is or his father withdraws him upward, which is a sign of exaltation mm-hmm. for Jesus into a cloud, which in that version I just read didn't mention a cloud. I don't think, but. Uh, taken up into heaven is what it says so uh, but the cloud is a sign of God's presence mm-hmm. so we got that going on it's true it's true but it's not space travel <laughs> so pa- Jesus was not the original space force no so I mean pa- Packer pointed you know, Packer made sure to point out that this was not like Jesus just kind of like put his feet together and his arms at his side and like rocket blast, like yeah, rocket blastered up, up into heaven. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's really kind of, it's really step two of Jesus's return to, from the depths of death to the height of glory mm-hmm. with step one being his resurrection. Yes. Um, and, and I think, you know, it's, it's really easy to disconnect the two as independent events because they happen, you know, 40 days apart Mm-hmm. And, um, and all that, but it's really, it's a twofold process. Yes. Yeah. You have, you have step one being the resurrection, the actual physical rising from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a, there's a, an artist called named Andrew Peterson. Who I, thought has, I thought you were going to say Shylin. Shylin, <laughs> you knew. <how> you, <laughs> I'm, I have to shift it up on you every now and then. 
um, there's a guy, there's a guy named Andrew Peterson who has a great song called his heartbeats mm-hmm. and, and it's about the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it, it talks about how his heart begins to beat and blood begins to pulse through his veins. And, and because the, the resurrection was not just a spiritual event. It was a physical event as well. Mm-hmm. And as much as the resurrection was a physical event, the ascension was a, was a physical event as well. Mm-hmm. And it was a physical event that was foretold by Jesus. Jesus told his disciples, I will not always be with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Yeah. You know, um, that, that where I am, you may also be rich Bowens wrote a really good song about that. Um, and so, so you have, these these two things that oftentimes get super super spiritualized as these spiritual events that just kind of spiritually happened, mm-hmm. and we forget about so many times the physical aspect of both of these events. Yeah, there, there's you know, a, there's a physical magnitude to both of them. That yeah, it, it's, it's the literal resurrection of a dead body to life. It's the ascension of a physical body exactly from this earth to into heaven and um i and I'm thinking about how packer how packer worded it is step two of jesus's return from the depths of death to the height of glory jesus's body is being taken from the from earth where mm-hmm. sin is rampant where death is death happens every single day and Jesus's body is taking from being taken from that place, from the depths of death into to his rightful place at the right hand of God in heaven, in heaven. Yes. Yes. And what that, what the Ascension does is, is, as Packer brings these out, it establishes three specific facts about the person and work of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the first one is, is, uh, his personal ascendancy. We've talked about this kind of already. We've already hit on this one. He personally, physically ascended from the earth into heaven mm-hmm. as a historical fact. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's a guy named Gary Habermas who has done a lot of research into the resurrection of Jesus. And, and he did so, he did so in a secular context with, with really the point of saying, if I can give you historical references that all historians kind of like universally agree on you know that this happened and this happened and this happened then i can historically point to the the reality that a real person by the name of jesus christ well he wasn't called jesus christ but by the name of jesus physically rose from the dead and physically ascended into heaven as recorded in history Mm -hmm. as a space-time event in history that legitimately happened Mm -hmm. you know this isn't Greek mythology. This isn't, you know, uh, somebody's, uh, you know, tales to, to try to teach you a lesson. This isn't, this isn't any of that. This is actual historical facts that are happening. Yeah. And, and so you have his personal ascendancy. And what's the second thing that Packer gives us? So Packer says that, um, the next thing is Christ's spiritual omnipresence, um, that Jesus is accessible to, Anyone who, at any time, who believes in him, that if you are in Washington or Brazil or Asia or Mars or the farthest reach of the galaxy, if you reach out, if you call on the name of Jesus, he's accessible to you. Um, yes. And he's powerful to help anyone, anywhere, at any time. Yes. His, his power knows no bounds. His presence knows no bounds. Mm-hmm. And he's... I mean, that's really, I mean, that's kind of it. I mean, that's it. Jesus, that's, that's, Jesus is everywhere accessible to all yeah. at I all mean, that's, times. That's what the word omnipresent means. Yeah. It means all present. Yeah. You're present at all places, at all locations. Yeah. You know. Um. So, yeah, he's omnipresent. And then, of course, <clears throat> sorry, that omnipresence leads to his heavenly ministry, mm-hmm. you know, that's his, his role in heaven is to be the high priest for all of those who are in Christ. Mm-hmm. So in the old Testament, in the old Testament, you had priests 
that would represent the people to the to the high priest. And then when Jesus comes along, really and truly kind of the priesthood gets all pushed aside. Don't tell the Catholics. Um, the priesthood gets pushed to the side, and then our one high priest, our one mediator, is the person of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so all people have the responsibility to respond to Jesus, and if they don't, then they are in condemnation. Mm-hmm. And so... If you, if you don't find yourself in Christ, then what you're going to do is find yourself in hell. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is that is his heavenly ministry, is to be the mediator between God and man. Right. And so that's what Hebrews teaches us, um, that Christ is, is the mediator between God and man. And so what this is going to tie to, and I'm, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to jump a little bit ahead and I'm going to tie this. What this is going to tie to is what we're going to talk about next week when we talk about session. Um, that's what Jesus does in heaven. And, and then we're going to talk about mediator. So I'm not going to get too far into that, but that is directly tied to this, this third, uh, fact that, that Packer points to where he talks about Christ's heavenly ministry. His mm-hmm. reign in heaven is for the purpose of mediation between earth that he conquered and man. Yeah. yeah or, I'm sorry. Earth, earth, man and God. Yeah. He, he is the bridge. And, and if you remember a long time ago, back when they, they had everybody learning how to draw draw their own little evangelism gospel tools, they would always say to draw like two cliffs that don't touch. Yeah. And you, and you say, well, this is a giant chasm, uh, and God's over on this side, and man's over here on this side. And the only way to get across this giant chasm is through the cross. And, and they would have, you know, you draw the cross on, over the chasm. And the cross is what provides you the the ability or the the way to get across the chasm mm-hmm. over to 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 be in the presence of God and the cross is the person of Christ yeah it's his death burial resurrection yeah and ascension yeah and so all of that comes together and that all of that kind of sums up in his role as as a mediator for us and and that's his ministry in heaven mm-hmm. is to be our mediator Right. Um, so without getting too far into what we're going to talk about next, next week, that's kind of where all of this is going. And so we've, we've really focused for the last few weeks, we've really focused on Christ's work and, and stuff on earth. And now we've ascended and we're going to talk about his work in, in heaven. And and next week we'll talk about what he does as his role in heaven. And so he serves all of those roles as Messiah. Yeah, and I think that's it. <laughs> it's good. It's good stuff. But yeah. So I I mean I love I love talking about the person and work of Jesus because there's just there's number one, there's just so much richness there for Christians to lay hold to mm-hmm. for for just everyday application. You look at what Christ did for us on the cross, you look at all the things that he went through, he was tempted the same ways that we were that we are. Um, and, and yet he overcame. So it gives us hope and it gives us, you know, we, we can say we have an example in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Um, and then, and then through his conquering of death, he has a role in our, he is the role in our salvation and it's his work that we are, it's by his work that we are saved through his obedience. We talked about his active obedience a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. and it's through all of that that we have. Uh, really, even the possibility of salvation without Christ, there's no possibility of salvation. Yeah. So it'll get you fired up real fast. Yeah. If you're not careful. <laughs> I try not to be careful most of the time. Yeah. So. So anyway, I like that discussion. That's good stuff. Yeah. And uh, I really, really, really enjoyed Dirty Little Freak from Duke Law. Are you done with yours yet? Oh, yeah. It was gone like a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm long gone. It was it was good. It really was. Mm-hmm. So, if they want to find us on social media, where do they do that? Okay, so we are on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. We are on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. We are on Facebook at uh, search beers and Bible podcasts. Look for the same logo that's on the other social medias. 
And yeah, they're all the same. Yeah, they're all the same. I think two. I think Instagram and Facebook are linked. Twitter's not, but anyway. Um, get with the program, Twitter. And then uh, you can also email us at beersandbobblepodcast at gmail.com. Any beer suggestions or questions you have about what we've been discussing, we'd love to hear from you. Um, what are some theological things that you want to hear us talk about in the future? Yeah. When we, As we're, when we finish J.I. Packer's Concise Theology, we'll need content to go forward from. Give us some questions. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to hear us ramble about for hours and hours on end? And I'm waiting for Benny Hinn to send us a <laughs> send us an email. <laughs> I'm expecting at least one from Benny. Yes. So anyway, uh, do make sure you're liking and sharing our podcast with your friends, family. Sharing is caring. Church staff. <laughs> um. <laughs> Make sure you share it with your pastor. That'd be great. Yes. Um, you might get kicked out of the church, but it'll be worth it. Well, maybe not. There are some churches that, that aren't so... What's the word? Rigid. That's a good word. <laughs> Rigid. Towards alcohol. So. But anyway, thanks for listening. Until next time. See ya. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.